May the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. This episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and The Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light-guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co, that's momentcompany.co and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hello! I am so excited to be uh, announcing that our guest today is Gareth Hughes, who is, I mean, he's described himself as shaman, teacher and healer, but Gareth is the most amazing shaman. I mean, any time I have a shamanic problem, Gareth is like my speed dial. <laughs> he's amazing. And he also he also holds the medicine wheel, which is um a, a train a four year sometimes longer training for shaman so he he's he's got all of these shaman that he's teaching and training he's an amazing amazing channel and he is a fountain of knowledge and absolutely one of the most entertaining people I know as well so I cannot wait to see <laughs> this you go. <laughs> absolute pleasure to be here um and uh yeah i'm really looking forward to to, to chatting with you both this is going to be lots of fun <laughs> so i uh, i guess we'll start where where we often start and that is ask you gareth what what life force means to you and and perhaps in the work that you do what does life force life force mean <laughs> Yeah, really interesting, actually. Um, really got me thinking about this um, with the May the Life Force Be With You. And I was, I was instead of thinking perhaps from the, the my normal teacher head, I was thinking on a very personal level. What does that actually mean to me, you know, myself and I, you know? And, and for me, you know, life force is... I would I would say vitality, appetite for life, mm. yeah, a, a wanting to engage, a wanting to be part of it, a wanting to be interested in it, a wanting to know, a thirst for knowledge, for learning, for growth, for sharing, you know, that's because that's what I feel. When I feel in a strong, happy space, you know, feeling that life force, that's what. I feel drawn to, you know, and when I don't, you know, it's like when I was feeling ill earlier on in the week, you know, I just wanted to lay there and, and not engage with anything, you know, and that was definitely, you know, I felt that really difference, you know, that wanting to engage as part of life is like the force of life, you know, inside yeah. of you wanting to express itself. You know, and then when that's not there, you just sort of want to lie like a bit of a potato, really. I mean, 
I think I did a pretty <laughs> good potato impression earlier on this week. Yeah. Bless Steve, he's still potatoing. <laughs> My partner, by the way. Bless him. Yeah. So I think that's what life force means for me is that feeling full of life, you know, feeling full of the expectation, the enthusiasm, you know, but also the determination as well to tackle the big things. You know, you need that life force within you when it's time to make the big change, when it's time to, you know, tackle that moving house or changing relationships and all of that, you know. Um, you know, particularly when it comes to, you know, tackling challenging people, <laughs> you know, or people that are going through <laughs> deep issues themselves, you know, we have to feel that enthusiasm, that life force energy, that joy of existence and share it. It has to be infectious, you know, and that's how we we give have the strength then to lift them up, you know. So, yeah, I think that's how it feels to me. It's interesting you say that, Gareth, because I, I had a conversation. We we had a previous um, guest on, Katie, and she talked about having a moment where she felt like no stress whatsoever when she was in a forest for 40 days and 40 nights. And she realized that actually her brain was looking for something to be stressed about because it's how we get up in the morning. It's how we're pre-wired. We're kind of looking for that survival mode. Our natural instincts kicked in. And I had someone write to me and comment that Katie had said, you know, sometimes a little bit of stress is good. And I loved how you framed it as determination there and vitality, that little bit of something that gets you up and gets you out of bed and kind of gives you that little bit of oomph to do something different in life. And this person reached out to me and said, I completely disagree. No stress whatsoever is good for you. And I thought, no, I think it is actually. I think you do need something, that contrast. And that's what I, when you said about vitality and contrast and determination, I think for good, healthy life force, we do need that little bit of our old systems and wiring of fight or flight to kick in, not not severely, but enough to go, yeah, I'm going to go for something different. I'm going to seek a little bit of adventure. And to me, that is vitality. If we have no stress, we would just like lie around like a puddle all day, would we not? <laughs> so that's my take on <laughs> well, that. Yeah, I, I do think you've got a good point, actually, because you know, we it's you know, it wouldn't necessarily it doesn't have to be stressed, does it? But it has to be engagement, yeah. you know, and, and it has to have a challenge element. And you know, if we're just doing the same things every day, you know, in the same way, it, it there's no engagement, there's no challenge, you know, we have to have some things do things different, you know, and and there isn't really, you know, a better place for challenging than the things that, you know scare us the most <laughs> i mean i i would say that like from the people i know that have gone onto the wheel they normally end up on the shamanic wheel because their life has broken them apart no yeah. <laughs> like it's the it's the initiation of the shaman like most people turn up at the wheel in a complete state is that not right well yeah you know i mean 
the thing is, it, it's, it's not anybody's fault. You know, this is just the way that we're, we're taught wrong. So you're taught to deal with stress wrong. You're taught to deal with life wrong. You, you know, blah, 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 blah. We're given the wrong language, the wrong approaches to it. You know, because and when we try and implement all of these things in our life, of course, it doesn't work. So it all falls apart, you know, and, and we're left without means of trying to grasp what brings that positive life force into our lives. We don't know how, you know, that's where shamanism can come in because shamanism can give you a blueprint, a pathway, as many other disciplines can, you know, on how to live in balance with yourself, in acceptance with yourself, letting go of dogma and being actually present in the moment so that you can adapt yeah, to whatever circumstances life is bringing you. You know, the resilience is within us, you know, but if we aren't in touch with that, you know, because we were never told it was there or we weren't shown it was there correctly, you know, we can't access it very easily, you know, and, and that's where the, the the medicine wheel, if you like, the shamanism reminds us of the truth of our existence right down to the very core without getting too deep too quickly, you know, and then we know why we're really here. Yeah? And if you know why you're really here, then, of course, you can make the right choices. And Sorry, I'm no. intrigued about that blueprint because that blueprint or that shamanic structure you know, within it, and I know this won't resonate with everyone, but within it is quite a lot of stuff about entities. And I'm just curious from your view, if do entities want our life force energy? Is that what that is about? Is it about the wet, the theft of our life force energy? Yeah. Well, that you, blueprint? Yeah. I mean, how it, if you want to really think of it, yeah, is you've got to take away this idea of ownership. Okay, it's not your energy or something else's energy, it's the energy of the universe. Yeah, we're all part of one thing. Yeah, so it's all just energy interacting with energy. Yeah, some energies, frequencies are attractive to each other. Yeah, and that's what draws things, entities to people. Yeah, it's not that they're trying to get the good energy. They're just drawn to the bad. They're drawn to the future, the pain, the suffering, the worry, the fear, the anxiety. That's what they're attracted to, like a magnet. Yeah. So, you know, inevitably they get pulled towards that, you know. And then when they're there, they want to just stay there. And so they will feed those energies. Yeah. This is how you get rid of entities is by bringing in the positive energy. Yeah, when we live in Aini, the, the concept of gratitude or joy, thanks, yeah, we truly live in Aini. That is a, for negative entities that feed on, say, suffering or the idea of being powerless. That's a very, very, po very popular one. Yeah, when we're sitting there saying, thank you for my gift, thank you for my life, thank you for this, thank you, whatever it is, it pushes that energy away. Yeah, it's repulsive. So sometimes. For somebody listening, 
for somebody listening that's like what the fuck is an entity <laughs> what would you say an entity is um, well you know, you, you know have we got like three hours now no i mean in a, in a nutshell an an an, an entity is a thought con- a lump of consciousness a lump of thought yeah okay and if you like small ones are just very small thoughts and big ones are big powerful thoughts yeah so a little entity might be oh they think you look fat they think you look fat big one sometimes for people but it's a very small thought oh they think you look fat yeah others are big 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 yeah you're worthless you're disgusting everything hates you you know they're big 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 ideas big thoughts those concepts can gain an existence by themselves yeah sustaining themselves within i think they've got a connection that's why I think they've got a connection to our life force energy because it's like when they're alive, it's like when they're alive is when they're powerful, you know? Mm. It's like if you imagine you if you if you imagine that these things don't have any true root, yeah, in the physical world. They're not physical things. Yeah. They haven't got any way of connecting to the power of the physical being that we are they need something physical to connect to yeah a bit like you know an app that needs you know needs to plug into a to a power socket to activate so while they're just existing as a concept they haven't got any power but when they sit within us and then start to enact that concept within us using our indoctrine system uh, you know nervous system and all of these hormonal systems to produce more and more of the you know stress hormones in our body you know it feeds on that energy yeah it's in resonance with that energy it makes it stronger and stronger within us yeah but always it's you know it isn't just a case of like we're victims to this and it's really important to recognize this yeah, we don't just wander around like entity can just to come and attack you whenever it feels like. You know, there's always a resonance. There's always a part of you that needs that for some reason. Okay, yeah, you know, and it may be because it believes that it's no good anyway. Already believe that because of the way you know you were bullied at school, for example. You know, and so it still needs something to make that part of it feel it's true. Yeah, because you developed how to survive through holding that belief. Yeah, that was how you survived in the school environment was knowing they were after you already. So you developed all those strategies. But now you're out of school, that part of you still going. It needs something to keep feeding it with that idea that it's in danger, that's where an entity can come along and sit right in the middle of that and go, yeah, you are, you know, and it's performing a function for you as well as it existing within you and keeping its existence within you, feeding on that life or sharing it with you, 
as you're speaking, I'm like, it's, it's giving you energy as well. It's getting you the energy of that, that paradigm or that story. Yeah. It's, it's also energizing that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you know, it's, like it's just... sort of like a bit like wearing a badge, you know, like if you're wearing a badge, yeah. it's always got the same picture on it, isn't it? So that's that, that, you know, I've got my, I'm scared of myself badge on, you know, and it's there always wherever you are, you know, doing its thing, being a little thing on you, reminding you of that constantly, you know, you know, and sometimes it can become incredibly dominating, you know, this is often where people end up on the medicine wheel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say my next question then was, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about the medicine wheel? Yeah, oh, the medicine wheel. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful way of of approaching initiations into shamanism. Yeah, the shamanism has always been, you know, something that you had to experience initiations and training in order to be able to be considered, you know, capable and more often safe to to be allowed to do that stuff, you know, and. There was always in many cultures, traditions, lots of different ways, you know, they had their traditional cultural way of learning how to be a shaman. And it would be very specific to specific regions of the world, whichever tribe you came from. You know, obviously here in the West, that all got lost, you know, a very, very long time ago. You know, the last shamans in the UK are way, 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 way back. I mean, you know, it's not the druids the druids weren't shamans they were priests yeah it's before then these guys were the shamans they were called merlins yeah and that was a job title it was a job rather than a thing there's a several merlins actually in the beginning on there's several people called merlin it's a job title yeah and their job was to be the healer the fixer the the the, the jack of all trades effectively what we would call a shaman you know but all of that has been unfortunately lost you know in our culture we have no direct connection to any of that energy or teachings anymore i was just going to ask why do you think it was lost specifically in the uk is there a reason why you know that we've lost some of those art skills and and legacy well yeah very simply i mean two thousand years of dominating patriarchal culture you know based on a very very specific idea of hierarchy and power yeah, and that idea of hierarchy and power by its nature excludes that from everyone else. Yeah, shamans are people in their power. Shamans are people who don't listen to what people say. They go and find out for themselves. They directly commune with the universe to get the answer rather than listening to what's written down in some book or proclaimed by some leader, you know, so they're always going to be a threat to these sort of dominator cultures. And so they created lies, distortions, you know, beliefs per to persecute, alienate and divorce these people. Mm. You know, a, a, a memory of that was the hysteria around the witch burnings in the Middle Ages you know, which had very little to do with actual witches, you know, and a lot more to do with 
money making, but that's another story. You know, um, it was used as it's a way. It's an important story because it's a big wound, you know, with people and especially people in this culture, like from this the Western part of the world, it is the big wound that blocks their ability to connect to the cosmos. Like when you teach people shamanism, channeling, that is the wound that comes up. Yes. Or for me. Well, yeah. You know, like it's the thing that stops people's connection for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's worth just, you know, in my opinion, just, you know, seeing it in that larger cult, cult context, you know, ultimately, you know, it all comes back to the Roman cult of Apollo, you know, and if you follow the cult of Apollo, there is one God, one light, one way, yeah, the sun you know, is the one, you know, and it's all up to the top, you know. And so we, you know, this has been going on for thousands of years, you know. Our ancestors have been persecuted for hundreds of years for all of these beliefs, you know. It's it's a huge racial wound, you know, it is. And, um, you know, but we can release it. We can, you know, that's what the age of Aquaria is all about. You know, is that we step out of those paradigms and and release all of those old stories of pain and suffering. You know, ushering in the new age of true, genuine enlightenment. You know, the return of shamanism is just a natural response to that. You know, and it it, it can't be suppressed. You know, it, it's going to emerge regardless of whatever anybody does or whatever anybody says, you know. And it, it, it's be, you know, the, the reason why it went was because of we had to see where that went. We had to see where following this idea of the light, the one, the saviour was going to take us. You know, on some level, the earth needs to experience it. Yeah, you know. you know. We were exploring separation, and that one God and us was the ultimate separation. You know, <laughs> like shamanism is not very separated from God and the universe. It's very uh, interflowing and and communicative. Well, as I said earlier on, didn't I? When you said about your energy, I said stop thinking of it as yours. It's not mm-hmm. your energy. It's just energy that's shared amongst the universe. There's no separation. There's no bit where you exist and everything else doesn't. Yeah, Everything else is in you and you are in everything else because you're all interacting with each other on any every level there could be. You know? And- Sarah, I saw a brilliant meme on Facebook the other day that was like, <laughs> why were we taught to fear the witches and not the people that burnt them alive? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think the truth is people were frightened of those people. Yeah, you know, they were terrified of those people because of the power that they had, you know, and it was but you know, you don't need to go back to the Middle Ages to see horrible men abusing power very regularly. Yeah. It's 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 been a tradition our culture has held for many, many, many years. And continues to do so to this day, you know. Do you think that's an entity wound, a wound? Like, what is that? 
that that misuse of power in the patriarchy from um, the shamanic people. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think so. Yeah, I think ultimately it's a hijacking. Yeah, you know, of the 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 Here? protective instincts. Yeah, of the masculine energy. You know, in order to they've been manipulated. You know, the whole value system's been changed completely. You know, this is where I do agree with that idea that, you know, it was, you know, men's aggressive instincts, if you like, were there to protect the family. You know, that's what it was for. You know, if someone's coming to attack your family, you need to protect them. You know, if if an animal attack or whatever it was, you know, and that's in, in that context it's exactly right. You know, and that's where it should be. And, you know, that's what it's for. You know, what they did was they they took that whole thing away from men and said, no, you've got to defend the country, which is some amazing, you know, it's not even a thing that really exists. It's an idea. So instead of fighting for something real, which is to protect their family, they're now suddenly fighting an idea, yeah, you know, which can be distorted and exploited by powerful people. Yeah, that's you know? engaged politically all the time. Yeah, 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 and and, and it's and so it's, it's hijacking those naturally protective instincts to keep the immediate family safe, and and saying that it's actually this thing that's the danger, and it's this idea attacking this idea that you've got to get upset about, you know. So rather than it only being something that's real that that energy is given to, you know, and the fact that it's also there is. It was a, there was a place for it in society, if you like. Yeah, back then, they, you know, you had weapons by the door. It was accepted, mm-hmm. you know, and would go and practice with them regularly. It would be accepted, you know. It's part of that's what part of being a man is: is you take weapons and you hit things with them. You know, uh, it was fine. You know, what that's what we've done now is divorce that completely. So the weapons are all far away in the army. You have no relation to real life. Yeah. No relation to the family unit. You know, and so it's all broken and destroyed. There's no place for it to be integrated in the family. So the men have got it, don't have a, a way of releasing it safely. You know, I mean, to be fair, it's nothing that I, I've never really been like that myself, funnily enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm it, impressed. You, you don't keep weapons at your door. Although, really. I, you know. It's not really weapons, but the point is, it's just that it was part of, it was expected. It was part, it was normal. There was an element of that there, but it's not anymore. You say that, but you are like my safe man. Like, you might be incredibly in your feminine at times, but like when you are dealing with heavy energies, entities, like you're so strong and in that masculine power, like true masculine power. Mm, yeah, I, I guess so. I don't really feel when I'm in that space, it doesn't feel <laughs> particularly masculine, to be honest. I have to say. But you're so. You're so it's, just, it's just will. You're so 
you know, when you're in that space <laughs> with the entities and you're in your you're con- connecting directly, just willpower. Yeah, it's nothing to do with mm. masculine or feminine. It's, it's it's the bit that's you going no. It doesn't, you know. My guides say they say willpower is willingness to be in your power. Yeah, it's just that determination, that knowledge, and that certainty. You know that this is not happening. You know it's not, and I guess so. I guess that is the warrior energy. You know it is, and I mean to be fair. You know, I mean we were talking about it the other day. You know, if if we if someone started on our little Freya. You know, I'd go bonkers. That word. You That's know, all those Freya is. our little dog. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd go so protective. Of course I would. You know, as any of us would. That instinct, that part of us is there. You know, um, it's not about trying said. to not have it. Yeah, it's about recognising it and bringing it home. You know, at the moment, it's been exploited mm-hmm. and divorced from us on such an extreme level that, you know, it's become this hideous energy of war. You know, the military is the distortion of those aggressive instincts turned into a machine for killing, you know, which we are seeing as we sit here. You know, on this earth right now, yeah, on no, a level and extreme, we've never, we've not seen this. I, I believe that when there's something that you believe in or something that you love or something that you are fiercely protective of, then you will move heaven and earth literally. And you people get superhuman life force levels when they feel under threat. And I just going back to what you originally said before you mentioned the military and you're saying the entity attaches itself to something for me it it sounded like it attaches itself to fear and whatever that fear is in you whether it's you know to lose something to give something away or old trauma that you're playing in your head on repeat you know the record is stuck that's what we always say when we're talking about mindset and then you know when that is threatened because we feel comfort in the discomfort of the familiar so it's easier to sit with that pain and that story that we tell ourselves rather than to step out and make a change. But once threatened, then we can all magically find that that energy and that will and determination. And I'm guessing, because I want to come back to the wheel and the medicine wheel, is is that what you help people unlock? Is is that connection they have to the fear, the trauma, the whatever the story is that they're telling themselves that the entity is attaching itself to. And it's about addressing the story and then the entity has nothing to attach itself to. Yes, 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 is the answer. You know, yeah, I mean, that is exactly what we have to do at the start. You know, at the start, you've got to see all of the disempowering stories. Yeah. You know, and that is the key word, disempowering, taking you away from your own power, you know, and it's without going into the sources of all of them, you know, we we have to recognize them all, you know, in literally almost like a list form. And, you know, oh, yeah, this has come from this. This has come from that. This has come from that. One of the initiations of the wheel is 
you you take the what we call core wounds the big things you know oh mother didn't ever tell me she loved me wound for example you know and we create a physical object a totem that represents that uh, actually becomes something a physical object that we carry with us you know reminding us constantly of this story of this situation and how it has influenced our lives and so because it's present with us as an object in our life and we see it we are recognizing it constantly where it's influencing us and changing it and and it's literally like it has to be that intensive you know i mean these patterns are deeply ingrained in who we are they're the bedrock of an idea a sense of self it's not even enough just to know that there are going to be things you've got to live it and see it and feel it as it happens in your life as the trigger comes up and and the the wheel helps you by giving you that physical object giving you that pathway of recognizing that there is energies to help deal with these we aren't stuck with them this is why we call in the power animal of serpent one of the most powerful healing spirits you know this is where it gets a little mystical in that you know it goes beyond the teacher or the shaman or the student in that you were in working with the serpent spirit the serpent spirit is an ancient archetypal force exists within us if you like it's the opposite of an entity an entity is something that comes and feeds on your power yeah these archetype teacher spirits come and feed you power they feed you their life force energy so when you're in serpent it's like you have the energy of the the life force of the serpent or the life force energy in that is is everywhere flowing through the shape of the serpent or the archetype of the serpent so that you get the 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 powers of the serpent within you which is the power to shed skin exactly you know we have you know every right to those energies yeah all we have to do is give them permission to come in you know and so the medicine wheel is a way of truly giving us permission in a way that we we just have to recognize you know we've got so many cultural barriers within us we need to go through genuine initiation that's recognized and honored and respected by others to truly feel it within ourselves you know we are you know we don't exist on as individuals we are a, a collective you know and i found although we can often you know you can read this book and read that book and sort of get the understanding in your head oh i understand the concept of an animal spirit oh i understand the idea of projection or whatever it might be but you have to the medicine world and its initiation with that direct link to the spirit with that direct connection that you ask for yeah it makes it a livid a lived experience rather than just a knowledge experience it's a lived experience something you actually live through and you're experiencing it in your life as if it was like you were living the textbook literally sometimes it's like oh my god my life has become a training manual you know and literally i'm turning the next page the next day and the next lesson is there my goodness 
you know, but it's where you really learn. As you're talking, I'm getting this um, amazing kind of perception of life force belonging to everything. And, you know, both the archetype of the pain story, the fear story, and the archetype of the serpent or the medicine wheel or the great spirits being like shapes through which life force energy can then flow. And then almost a bit like when a hose is, you know, if you squeeze a hose and then suddenly there's like a, a, a force of the water going through, it's like these archetypes whether they are like total traumatized I was bullied at school or I have to protect the country story or whether it's the archetype of the serpent or the hummingbird or like they're just ways in which this universal life force energy can like flow through and direct mm-hmm. do you think that's right like yeah. that's what's kind of coming as you're talking yeah yeah no I really like that I think that, that's exactly so right you know, it's like, you know, they, one of those child toys with the holes with the shapes of certain sizes, you know. And in some ways, <laughs> it's like, what do you want to receive? You know, if we want to take it mm. right back, you know, what window are you looking through? Because really, we're on the inside of that or looking out. So it's where, you know, where our attention is, which window, which shape are we looking through? is what we're going to receive, you know, and and a lot of the medicine wheel is about unlearning, looking through those wrong windows, you know, don't take, give your energy and time to those concepts, spend your attention and energy looking through the window that's marked joy, for example, Mm. you know, or happiness. That applies to the medicine wheel. But for somebody listening that isn't a shaman or doesn't want to be a shaman, but they're going, I have these thought forms that might mean I have an entity or like, I wouldn't look through the window of joy. Do they have to do the medicine wheel or or does it just apply? No, I mean, it's, you know, nobody's got a monopoly on wisdom. You know, I I personally believe wisdom is a part of the universe, like an intrinsic part of the universe. I think, you know, you could one day they'll be able to sort of pull wisdom out of the ether, if you like, and give you a chunk of it. Um, You know, I believe it's free. I think this information, this understanding is available to anybody. But the problem is giving yourself permission to embody it. You know, why well, I needed the will because it was all very well and good me knowing all of this stuff. And I did know all of this stuff. You know, the medicine well, if you like, didn't teach me new things. It showed me concepts and helped me understand it in a new way. But what it gave me was genuine, real permission to embody it. So I don't think the wheel was, you know, it has an exclusive right to it. But I think we have to accept realistically it's very difficult to reach this point all on your own. You need help. You need support. You need confirmation, validation, uh, recognition, response, you know, being responded to in that way as well. It's all very good. Me walking around thinking, I'm a shaman, I'm a shaman. But if nobody ever asks me or talks to me or treats me like a shaman, 
What good's that going to be? It's hard as well when you when you when Serpent takes you into those stories and points out that you're looking through the window of that mother wound or that it is hot. Like it is not easy to go there even with support. You know, I I don't think you can go there without it. You know, exactly. You know, we, we, we're not meant to. We're not, you know, if we were meant to, we'd be, you know, ice beings that evolved on comets that travelled 25 light years from the nearest other object and spent eternities on our own contemplating darkness. You know, we're social beings. We're like bees in a hive. You know, we only have a real meaning collectively. You know, individually, you know, although it's amazing being individual. You know, we're not really that relevant. Not, you know, we're not. It's only as a collective that we become truly meaningful. You know, it's only really as a as a tribe that the shaman has a purpose. Yeah, you know, that's what shamans were for. Were for people. You know, they they spend an awful lot of time in nature and, and quite as much as they possibly can ignoring people. But that's just so that they can be present, truly present for them when they need it to be. Yeah. You know, and that's it. You know, we're all here for each other at the end of the day, trying to get through a very, very complicated and confusing world story, you know, as best as we can. You know, and that's all we've got is as best we can, you know, no matter what, you know, we, we can talk and share and, and it's brilliant. But as long as we've got as best we can, it doesn't really matter how close we get to working perfectly with our life force energy or if we've got an entity in here or there now and then, you know, and uh, every now, even if that entity sometimes takes the better of us and we end up being a bit, oh God, not very nice to somebody who probably <laughs> didn't deserve it. You know, as long as we are as best we can, yeah, we're going to get all the love, the compassion, the support from the universe that it can possibly allow us to receive you know so you know i i always come back to that you know with all the things um it's as best we can and as long as you're doing as best you can you're giving everything that the universe is asking of you even if it's a bit crap sometimes But but that acknowledgement and and I love that as best we can because I think that that's one of the things that can real be a real sucker of people's life force and be a hotbed of um things that entities can attach to is that we think that we have to be a certain way and everything's got to be perfect and God as best you can is really beautiful. That's a great way to live life as best you can. Like there's something freeing in that. There's something actually quite energizing in that and super positive because if we're all just doing the best that we can, that that is all we can ever ask for because we can't change, really, we can't change anybody else around us but ourselves. But if we all have that little mantra in the back of our minds, I bloody love that, Gareth. I think that's great. That's made me feel very energized this evening. Yeah, you know, um, for me, it's... You know, it's what keeps me going, I'll be honest, as best I can keeps me going, you know, because 
if it was anything else, I, well, I tried. I tried living to other things and it was exhausting and incredibly stressful <laughs> and just sort of basically drove me into the ground. I'm the best. I'm going to be the best. Yeah, you know, that was yeah. a long time. That was me. I'm going to be the best, no matter what the cost <laughs> and how much I sacrifice and even if it drains me of everything, you know. And evil, isn't it? I was never good enough anyway. You know, and the universe spent a long yeah. time showing me people that I oh, was so amazing. Do you know what I mean? There was no chance. I was like, who am I kidding? I'm never going to be as good as them, you know, ever, you know. And the universe went, yeah, and that's fine. You don't want you to be as good as them. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 they want you to be as good as you because there's only one. And that's what counts, you know. And and then that is really where as best I can came from was as a recognition. It's also I use it as an indemnity with my students as well, in case I ever hideously screw up in some way. You know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing as best I can. You know, sorry, <laughs> accidentally completely re-traumatized you. Oops, oh, well, best I can. <laughs> I did as best I could there, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's true, you know. I mean, and why shouldn't we be honest with ourselves and say that's what we've got because that is all we've got, you know, and, and also be honest with ourselves and say, well, I didn't meet that particular thing with that as best I can. So yeah. probably don't want to start blaming other people for the fact that it didn't go well, you know, because <laughs> I weren't tackling I it like Mr. I feel like this is a really important medicine for something that I wanted us to come back to just because we touched on it and it feels so important is this protectiveness that is then excited incited to protect countries and then becomes blame and and you know that distortion that you were talking about um that is like the misuse of the human nature to protect what we hold dear and hold close and then i think it this element of competition is added in uh, and essentially you get towards fascism then of like we're going to be the best at protecting our country and our nation or whatever we stand for and I'm just wondering in terms of like, is as best we can enough medicine for that? Is there any other medicine for that for anybody that's like, because I know a lot of people are really feeling that distortion right now on a collective level. And it's like, is there, what would you say is the best thing or the best we can to shift that distortion from our little place? in the world i think practically 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 yeah it's mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with as much life as possible yeah wow. yeah it really is yeah you know in whatever way you can however much you can as often and as as big as you can yeah you know connect to life yeah, the trees, nature, plants, fish, birds, yeah, 
connect to the life around you, connect to the people around you. Yeah, it reminds you of the truth. The truth is there, really straightforwardly. First thing we teach our shamans, don't trust what human beings say. Go out and listen to nature. Nature's going to tell you the truth every single time. Yeah. Nature will never lie. You know, human beings for the crap. Yeah. Nature, the truth, every time. <laughs> if you surround yourself in life, you will always be reminded of the truth. Yeah. And the truth is that life is doing the best it can to survive and what it's got and what's given. And nature doesn't really protect the big picture, actually. Nature protects its immediate mm. very well, well, not always very well, but nature will look after its immediate or it, its territory. But you never see nature worrying about what's going on in another country or worry, you know, you never see nature doing the big no, but, you know, because it recognizes it's already dealing with it. It knows instinctively because that part of nature's taking responsibility for itself over there, just as this part of nature's taking responsibility for itself here, and everything all together taking responsibility for themselves is what deals with the macro problem, as you said exactly. You know, it doesn't need to worry about what's going on in Borneo. The whole system is each individual thing taking its best responsibility as best it can. Yeah. Doing its best. Doing its best. <laughs> yeah, not being perfect, you know, not getting it right every time, but doing its best it can. You know, and it's from that that all the great diversity of life existed in the first place. It was life doing as best it can that created us. You know, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, there's like millions of things that aren't right about the human body. If you were going to redesign it from scratch, you'd do it completely differently. <laughs> You know, you do something about knees for a start. But nature couldn't do that. Nature just worked with the, what it had as best it could and made the best adaptation it could with what it had there at the time and what was possible and just kept going, you know. And we should give ourselves a bit of a break on that one, you know. We are very good at, like, hitting ourselves over the head as a species and saying, oh, we're shit, oh, we're terrible, oh, we're horrible beings, yeah, and we are. Yeah, but we're trying the best we freaking can. Every time you say as can, I feel full of life force energy, mm -hmm. like Fiona Me said. Too. It's like yeah. that is where the life force level is like, yeah, I can work with this. When you're trying to be the best, the life force level ain't hitting it. And when you're hitting yourself, the life force level is not there. And it's just like when you're like as best we can, even every time you say it, I'm feeling this like, woo, full body life force Level. It's permission. It's, it's permission like that's where be yourself as much as you want to be, you know. And the only person you have to answer to about that is you, because nobody else knows what as best you can really is. You know, I mean, in some ways we can say we don't even know what the best we can is, you know. Um, but it, it, it's an internal process. You know, it's us. It's just us and ourselves that we're talking with and engaging with on that conversation. You know, what is as best I can, you know, 
And um, the thing is as well, it doesn't mean that means the best that could be I conceived, okay? Yeah, because I can imagine myself being a lot better than I am. You know, that's not the point. It's what's achieved is as best I can, okay? So the fact that, yeah, I didn't sort all my tax bills out this morning, yeah, even though maybe I should have done, you know, maybe, you know, I could sit there and go, oh, I'm such a bad person, or I haven't done my tax return. But that's because I couldn't, yeah? I've done as best I can. You know, just thinking about it was as best as I could get right now, okay? <laughs> you know, I did as best I could there. I thought about putting my tax return in, and they went, oh, God, no, I want a cup of coffee instead. You know, that's okay. It's the best I can. Doesn't change that responsibility still there, you know, but I'm not beating myself up over it, you know. And one day the life force will be with me very soon. It's going to be, you know, and I will do it, you know, <laughs> I will get it done. But until then, the fact that I'm not doing it doesn't make me a bad person, you know, as best I can will be done as best I can, you know, and if it ain't, well, I'll well, take the responsibility for that too. I was going to say, as best we can, um, we're going to have to wrap up this conversation to come in under our, under our time, which um, always disappears in a flash. I, I, I say every time we could talk for days, um, but we yeah. sadly have to, as best we can, come in <laughs> under our time. But um, Gareth, <laughs> uh, honestly, you you have rejuvenated uh, me in my evening in Australia, and what a fantastic mantra that I know people are just going to be hanging on to that and repeating it when they listen to this episode because it is life force giving what 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 you shared today and i know we only touched the surface of of what we could talk about <laughs> so we'll need to have you back and join us again at some point not early morning we and on the life force cafe come and to the life force cafe and yes i would yeah. love one that would be very nice the life force latte <laughs> life force latte <laughs> yeah we we'll make must latte yeah, we do call them life juices here, I have to say. In the morning, it's like, I need a life juice. Oh, give me my coffee. Cool coffee life juice. I love that. I'm going to call coffee life juice from now on. That's <laughs> what, in the mornings, when I've got a full day of clients, it really freaking is, I tell you. <laughs> I'm like, give me those beans, man. Uh, oh, thank you so much. I've had such a lovely time. It's been great. I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah. It's been awesome. And Karila, over to you for the final question. Last question is, who should we speak to next? Oh, okay. Oh, what well, can I <laughs> suggest, like, anybody? Anyone you um, that's alive, unless you want to channel somebody dead for us. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> Um, oh gosh, I tell you, um, um, it's like uh, 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 I wasn't expecting this. Okay, I've got. Uh, I'm, well, you know, obviously there's. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I keep popping in my mind. I think it would be um, one of our students on Mitchell is inc insanely talented, 
okay, incredibly knowledgeable, uh, has an in, insane appetite for learning and has knows so many amazing, weird and wonderful things about shamanism and odd, weird stuff. Yeah, his name's Luke Mason. Yeah, and he really is an incredible man. Um, very young. He's, in, he's only in his 20s. Um, so, you know, which would be in another you know, amazing thing as well, you know, talk about, you know, I mean, I discovered shamanism in my 30s. This guy is like 20. Mm. God. <laughs> How did he get there from there to the to where he is now? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So, yeah, talk to Luke. I think you'll find him very interesting. Amazing. Thank Hello. you. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Marev. You are, you are, you are so life-giving. You bring so much life force to everything you do. Thanks, everybody. So, Karila, Gareth, thank you for introducing us all to the fabulous Gareth. <laughs> Gareth is just, he is just one of the most amazing people I have ever met. He's amazing. <laughs> and uh, yet again I, f I got the sense that we covered just a fraction of what we could have talked to him about but I think we both agreed and anybody that has listened today I hope you did too that as soon as he said and I'm going to just make sure I get it right as best we can I was like ah oh, yes yes that that feels so life force giving as best we can. What a brilliant so way life to think about life. And so freeing. Like it's just freedom mm. from that need to be the best. There's letting go of ego, there's letting go of judgment. There was a lot wrapped up in those simple, you know, four words. But I really felt that if, if we all just have that approach, then there's something really special to unlock. Uh, and how we just go about our lives. Absolutely. And then to think that something so simple came out of a conversation that in many ways was, you know, really, I, I don't know if complex is the right word, but like that blueprint of the the entities and then understanding the like macrocosm problems and all of this, you know, the, these really, the, we went on a big journey there through the wheel and all sorts of things. And, and we got to as best we can. <laughs> it's just so wonderful. Really beautiful, really beautiful. So, um, and, and so simple and something that everybody can take into their day to day, which, you know, is, is what I love. And, you know, there's something, you know, we talk about a lot at moment is, is that mindset and the fact we can get caught in our grooves of thought patterns and you just need something that can help you snap out of those. And the minute you do, you create new, more positive pathways. And I feel like Gareth's four special words are a way that we can use that in our day to day to snap out of, of our kind of negative stories. Very simple yeah. and very practical. Yeah. And from a very, as you say, quite complex shamanic place. It's astounding. Amazing.
<laughs> as best you can may the life force be with you <laughs> we'll wrap up this episode it's been quite challenging guys we're in Mer- mercury retrograde and we've had a few technical issues so um thanks for joining us as always till the next time we hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy if it has then please help us spread the life force like share subscribe all of that <laughs> And may the life force be with all of us.